0: Hello and welcome to PW Kidscast, The Children's Book Podcast from Publishers Weekly. In each episode, we speak with authors and illustrators creating books for children and teens. I'm John Sellers, the Children's Reviews Editor at Publishers Weekly. Today I'm speaking with Ransom Riggs, author of the best-selling Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, in which a 16-year-old boy named Jacob Portman discovers he has the ability to see and sense uh, horrible monsters called hollows. Jacob travels back in time to a Welsh island where he meets children with other peculiar abilities, such as commanding bees, reanimating the dead, and creating fire. Now Riggs is back with a sequel, Hollow City, which is being published in January by Quirk Books, which is sponsoring this podcast. Ransom, thanks for speaking with me. Thank you very much for having me. So Miss Perkin really turned out to be something of a phenomenon, uh, having spent you know, well over a year on the bestseller lists and spawning a graphic novel, and there's a planned film adaptation. Um, this was your first book, right? Uh, how have you taken to the attention?
1: <laughs> uh, it's not my first book, although it is my first novel. Um, I wrote a little book for Quirk called the Sherlock Holmes Handbook before this, but um, yeah, it's uh, you know I wasn't expecting it obviously, and um, it took a little getting used to, but um, it's just such a blessing to have uh, people read the work in significant numbers and respond and care, and um, it's very uh, motivating as a writer.
0: And is it right that when you uh, wrote uh, Miss Peregrine, you didn't know if you'd be writing a sequel?
1: That's true. I had hoped I would be. Um, so I left the door open, you know, at the end of book one for more. Um, but I wasn't sure that, you know, I wasn't sure the book would do well or how it would be, um, you know, received. So, um, I didn't want to make any, uh,
0: any assumptions or presumptions? Any assumptions, exactly. When did you and the folks at Quirk decide, okay, we've got to go ahead with uh, another book?
1: Well, fa- uh, fairly soon after it became a bestseller and um, the, the film rights got snapped up. We were like, well, okay, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> we wanted to do it anyway, but this is just sort of now a no-brainer. And mm. I was like, oh, good, because I left the door open really wide at the end of book one. And uh, uh, I think people would be a little upset if I didn't keep going.
0: Mm-hmm. and uh you know speaking of uh, your publisher uh, quirk for a minute you know back in i think 2011 when miss peregrine uh, was first published you know they were a press better known for sort of fun irreverent sort of non-fictional titles more so than fiction yeah. now you did of course have this previous book with them is that were you pretty much sure at that point like you know they had you'd done this book and you wanted to stick with them for this title
1: well, I didn't even know that I was going to be a writer of books as my career. Um, mm-hmm. When I did that first book for them, I was still in film school. I was I'm living in Los Angeles and I was finishing up USC uh, film school. So my goal at that point was to go and, you know, be a screenwriter and direct films as in as much as that's possible mm-hmm. <laughs> for anyone to have as a real career. Um, and I did, you know... The Sherlock Holmes handbook sort of on a, on a lark. It seemed like an interesting opportunity. Um, but we enjoyed working together. Uh, Jason Rakulak, my editor and I, you know, really hit it off. And I knew that if I, if I was going to do anything else, I'd want to do it with them. Um, so when I, I came across the sort of cache of old photos and they sparked, you know, they started to spark story ideas in my head. I, I brought them to quirk, and we, we sort of went from there. but there was no you know assumption on my part that I would even be a novelist when I grew up, <laughs> or that I would you know do it with any particular
0: publisher or had a plan at all. Hmm. And uh, you know, now with at least with the first book under your belt and the second one imminent, do you feel fairly feel like comfortable in sort of the role of novelist, or is there part of you that is still, uh, you know, thinks about things like screenwriting and directing and things like that? Oh, I'm sticking around. It'll be hard to get rid of me now. <laughs> You're in. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm
1: in, and I love it. And um, you know, when I was a kid growing up, I always wanted to be a novelist. I, this is what I wanted to do until about the eighth grade, when I discovered. Movies and that I really loved them, and then I I I shifted my focus a little bit. But I was writing, you know, novellas longhand on legal pads in the sixth and seventh grade, and I think sort of subconsciously I'd been prepping myself for you know this sort of work for a long time. And um, and even now I don't feel like I have to choose between you know novels or movies or anything I want to do. I just have to I somehow have to make more hours in the day. But I don't think that I can't do you know all of it in, in. in some way
0: mm-hmm. speaking of uh, yourself as a child or a younger teen what um what sort of stuff were you reading back then that might have been spurring you along the past or at least giving you the idea that maybe you want to do that sort of thing yourself
1: i loved c.s lewis the chronicles of narnia were like hugely important to me as a kid i reread those books until the spines fell off and i also re- I, re- I read a lot of stephen king i went through a phase i think i read everything he wrote in like two years and um I think somewhere the unholy uh, uh, matrimony of C.S. Lewis and Stephen King became the world of Miss Peregrine. Hmm.
0: You know, As you mentioned uh, a few minutes ago, uh, you know, a big part of, of, of both uh, Miss Peregrine and Hollow City are these really sort of strange, creepy, vintage photographs that are scattered throughout, which you, know, you use to represent characters and settings. Um, I guess how and when did you go about collecting them and have sort of vintage oddities like that um, always been something of interest to you? Yeah, since I was since I
1: was a kid, um growing up in in Florida, which is like the land of uh swap meets and flea markets and and you know, second-hand stores because this will, you know, Florida is the land of like old folks who pass away and have a lot of junk that ends up getting divested in the, you know, secondary markets of secondhand stores. So there's all, there are a lot of um, old photos floating around that no one knows what to do with. Sadly, somehow people's families don't take all of these things. And my grandmother used to drag me to the flea markets, you know, on Sunday afternoons. And as a child, this was like, you know, as a 12-year-old boy, this was pure torture um, until I discovered that hidden in among the you know dime novels and uh, used socks were photos. You could find like bins of old photos in um, shoeboxes and stuff. And um, I would get really interested in the faces and the stories by the people. And so I collected a few when I was a kid and then sort of forgot about it for a long time until maybe five years ago. I was at the really wonderful um, Rose Bowl swap meet up in Pasadena, north of LA. And um, I found a couple of dealers who um, collect the stuff professionally and then choose the best, you know, sort of like curate what they sell. And I just found so many wonderful images that seemed like bits of lost art. And I was like, there must be something here. This is great. So it's again, it's something like almost like novel writing it's something i loved as a kid and then put away
0: and rediscovered after i'd grown up you know in, in some ways uh, just one of the photos uh in these books was feels like enough to spawn an entire story on its own was there a particular photo that really got the ball rolling or at, at what point did you realize you uh wanted to string together a story that was going to pull together uh, dozens of the photographs
1: There were some photos that inspired me early on, but actually didn't make it into the book. Just, you know, there's, there's like a family portrait of all of these siblings lying in a front yard, staring at the camera. And they've all got like weird Eddie Munster haircuts and grim expressions. And that was one of the first pictures that inspired me to, you know, figure out what the story behind that was. Of course, you can't know they're orphaned images totally disconnected from whatever context they might have had but when I knew that the book was happening I knew that I needed a lot more photos to choose from and um I just I started finding better and better stuff so a lot of the early stuff that inspired me got kind of cycled out got um you know edited out later on if there's one image that um I think defines the book for me it's on I get this question a lot it's on like page 160 something and it's a older woman and a child holding hands and walking away from the camera into sort of this tunnel of gauzy light. And it just seems that it seems like the world of Miss Peregrine, they're going into some alternate universe, time travel loop zone. And uh, that sort of encapsulates the whole mood of the book to me.
0: Mm-hmm. well you, you know you just mentioned uh, not having a sort of any context really for these photos have you ever been have you ever attempted to look into the history of any of them or try to figure out how they were made in terms of some of the sort of unusual photographic elements that uh, that are sometimes there
1: once or twice um I did a book called "Talking Pictures" um, with HarperCollins, which is all found images. It's like a coffee table book of, of found photos with writing on them, on the front or on the back, writing that the people who owned them uh, had had captioned the pictures themselves. And so there are some stories there. There's more information just naturally, you know, in in the captions. And I did track down a few. Of the people featured in the photos to find out what had happened to them or the story. You know, there's one. Um, it's just a picture of a wall and a stop sign. It's a really bland image, but then on the back it says, uh, "The wall where Dorothy found a baby girl, Christmas Day, 1960, something like that." Mm-hmm. So I went straight to my Google window and and um, within a few keystrokes had just had fa- I found a news item about a, uh, a abandoned girl found and rescued um, in Pasadena, California in the sixties. And so so once in a while people do, um, turn out to be real humans, but the peculiar children, I have not really tracked down because it's almost like if I, if I knew their real stories, it would be harder to make the stories up.
0: Sure. And, um, the photos in in these books and the future ones, are, are these all from what is now your sort of personal collection then? Not all of them. Um, I have a wonderful network of uh, friends who
1: are photo collectors who are much more dedicated and um, serious and have better connections than I do and have been doing it for much longer. And they have really wonderful collections and they have been very generous um, to let me into their homes and into their photo albums and into their collections. And um, so in the first book, especially, a lot of the photos came from uh, friends who lent me pictures from their collections. And then uh, over the years, I've gotten to, I've owned a, a lot more. So, as the books go on, they are more mine. But there's always, I'll just take the best photo I can get. It doesn't matter if if, if I own it or someone else own it, owns it. I will, I will convince you to let me use it because I get, I get really attached to certain images, you know, and I'm like, that's, it's in the story already, so you
0: have to give it to me because it belongs to Miss Peregrine. (laughs) So both books also involve uh, time travel. Uh, I don't think it's too spoilery to say that, Um, you know, uh, which can be kind of tricky territory for an author. Um, Did it take a lot of planning and forethought to keep things straight, especially, you know, with the second book as you sort of push the story into, you know, new territory?
1: Sort of, but I found with the time travel stuff, it's, Important to be sort of as non specific as possible and not get too wonky with the rules because then you just, it's so easy to trip yourself up and you get the story wrapped into knots and, uh, you know. To me, the story is really about adventure and and the characters and you know what happens next. And I don't want to get into like an Ashton Kutcher butterfly effect like I saw my grandfather and then there was a hurricane, the world exploded kind of stuff. I, I don't really care about the hard sci-fi aspect of it very mm-hmm. much. So I try and be as consistent as I can and I try to create rules that will allow me to play and explore the universe a lot and not put up a lot of roadblocks and stop signs in terms of... What the loops can and can't do.
0: Hmm. I, uh, I understand you're going out on a book tour, I believe, for Hollow City, and I assume you've also been out on the road, and, you know, meeting uh, kids and readers uh, for Miss Peregrine. Uh, what's your introduction to the world of uh, young adult literature uh, been like so far?
1: Wonderful. I love meeting the readers, the fans of. They're really of all ages, mostly teenagers, but also I get you know parents and adults with no kids, and you know librarians and all kinds of people, and. Um, It's great. They're extremely passionate. They sometimes know more about my book than I do and have to remind me of things. And I'm like, oh, that character, right? Yes, I did write the book. But their enthusiasm is really motivating and infectious. And um, it's such a gift to have readers who care and are egging you on all the time. And um, I I, I love it. Touring is hard, but I'll, I'll always want to do it because i love interacting with people and readers
0: and uh you know i did notice that the new book is dedicated to uh tara which i believe refers to your fellow uh, young adult novelist uh tahara mafi is it uh it's correct that you two uh recently got married yes yes uh we were we were married a couple of months ago and um you're making me blush sir <laughs> well congratulations uh, thank you um yeah, so I'm curious, uh, well, maybe perhaps how you met, if you met through this sort of young adult world, but also, I guess, how, un- how involved you are in each other's writings, if maybe now you're sort of each other's first readers or something like that. We definitely are the first readers. Um, sometimes,
1: you know, it's like, I just hit return and save. Do you want to read this? Like, hot off the presses. And we're very honest with each other. And that's because we both really trust one another. So it's great to have that. I actually don't show my writing to anyone else except my editor. <laughs> and my agent Jody, um, but we yeah we met through the the, the YA world. Um, Los Angeles is really a, a you know reputed to be a town of screenwriters, but we have this little crypto community of YA writers, um, which is pretty strong. We've got a, a couple of dozen of us at least, and um, it was Cami Garcia, the co-writer of the Beautiful Creatures series and now Unbreakable, who's a good friend to both of us and. Um, knew us each individually and then brought us together for uh, a panel at Barnes and Noble last year, which is where we met. um, yeah, it all it, that's it all began
0: there. Wonderful. Um well to switch gears a little bit. Uh in a recent uh, story with Publishers Weekly, I think you mentioned that a, a third Miss Peregrine book is in the works. Is there anything you can uh say about that? Oh Lord, no. Clamps <laughs> <It's, laughs> clamps down. This one's not even the number two's not even out yet.
1: I can't even talk about number two. <laughs> also if so yeah, no. I mean I would appreciate it if someone could
0: tell me about book three because then I could write it fair very enough. Quickly. <laughs> and um, you know, are you working on any other projects at the moment, or is Book Three sort of the the sort of consuming uh, project of the moment? I, I am so consumed and obsessed with
1: with all of this uh, this Miss Peregrine world that it's hard to think about other things. But um, uh, we'll talk about. I just got married, so there's you know that took a lot of <laughs> that, that took a lot of time, and and we you know honeymooned, and um, we're we're always traveling. We're doing book events. We were just at Yaw Fest in South Carolina, and we're going to the Guadalajara Book Festival in Mexico pretty soon. So, um, yeah, between work and life, there's, uh,
0: there's not much time for, for anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, well, speaking of the world of uh, Miss Peregrine, uh, there is that uh, graphic novel adaptation that I believe came out uh, earlier this fall. Um, how involved were you with, with that, and what was it like uh, seeing that come together? They were very uh, sweet to
1: send over roughs of every single chapter. And ask for notes and feedback and input, and I had a little, but for the most part, it was like, "This is great, please send me more um, as someone who can 't even draw a straight line. It was uh sort of magical to to see the world of Miss Peregrine unfold panel by panel in graphic novel form, and um, I thought it was really brilliant actually, how they weaved in the the actual photographs with um, you know manga style graphic novel illustrations um so really cool and as someone who uh w- did almost no actual work on it i'm very
0: proud of it <laughs> and um you know and speaking of other sort of things the uh the film adaptation uh, i believe is also in the works uh any news mm-hmm. on, on that front nothing i can talk about really mm-hmm. but it's a full steam ahead sounds good uh not a, maybe a chance to uh give a little screenwriter input you know after those uh, earlier dreams of yours or not necessarily Oh, they're well. You know, it's it's a similar situation.
1: They're 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 very kind. They ask me for input, and I've read a couple, a couple of drafts. Um, but you know, they I couldn't imagine a more professional team of uh, experts and creative people with Tim Burton directing and the very talented Jane Goldman writing. That I'm just sort of like, you guys. I'm sure you have it. You know, go for it. <laughs> I have no, nothing I can add.
0: Not too much to worry about I guess. no I'm not worried. <laughs> Excellent. Well uh, you know congratulations again on uh, the success of Miss Peregrine and of course uh, your recent marriage and uh, you know, best of luck with Hollow City. Thank you very much. Once again, I've been speaking with Ransom Riggs, author of Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children and its forthcoming sequel Hollow City. Thank you for listening to PW Kids